I would say the first thing is don't box yourself in. You're not your title. You're not your school. You're not your degree. You're not however many letters and OCSs and SCSs and however many CSs and whatever you put after your name. That's not who you are. That's You're not your salary. Um, you're not the hospital you work for. Don't box yourself in. Welcome to the Key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up and coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang audio experience. This episode is brought to you by Varela Financial, the experts in student loan repayment solutions. Not sure what to do with your student loans? That's how we felt before scheduling the free call with Varela Financial where they helped us create plans based on our lifestyle and goals. For more information, check them out at www.varelafinancial.com or click the link in the description to schedule your free call today. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang Audio Experience. I'm your host, Mang. As always, I'm with my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm lovely. Can't complain. Just had a big breakfast. Late <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> late breakfast because it's afternoon time over there huh yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> on today's episode we have neville chu a former physical therapist making a transition to a totally different career field neville how are you i'm good I'm good thanks for having me no thanks for thanks for coming on um like i mentioned in the intro you were a physical therapist and decided to make a transition can you tell us a little bit about what got you into physical therapy to begin with um, yeah, so I've always had this desire to, to help people um, in, in a physical sense. Um, my mother was a nurse way back in the day. And so um, she would always kind of tell me kind of her stories being a nurse. She was actually a nurse um, in the burn unit um, in the ICU uh, back in Taiwan many, many years ago. And this was before, you know, obviously you know, medicine constantly evolves. And so the stuff that she would tell me about what she went through or what she had to work with, like always kind of stuck with me and, and made me want to help people. And so after college, I um, I tried going, going down like the personal trainer route and I did that for a little bit. And then I realized I wanted to help people who couldn't just, who didn't just see exercise as kind of like um, kind of a thing that they pay for on the side. Um, and I know not everybody who seeks a personal trainer is like that, but in the, where I, in the setting that I was at, it was very much so kind of a, a luxury thing. Um, and I wanted to help people who needed a little bit more help getting back on their feet. So started looking down the uh, field of physical therapy. This was also the time that my grand, my late grandfather had a stroke. And so my mom was telling me about all the stuff that he was going through in PT. I never even heard of the field until after I graduated college. And so I started looking into it. Um, you know, and it seemed a lot more um, enticing to my personality than traditional medical school, which I probably wouldn't even have gotten into anyways. Um, but, you know, I, I liked the idea of the patient provider relationship, the, um, kind of the, the consistency in the, in the uh, touch points of care. Um, and so I just kind of went down that route. Nice. And then you went to school out in Massachusetts, right? Correct. I went to Boston University. Yeah. What was your experience in Massachusetts like? Um, well, let's see. Moved there um, after living the majority of my life in Southern California. And so um, my first thought was in the summertime, I was like, this humidity is crazy. Um, 
And then living in a, you know, really college town. Um, so my undergrad was in a very, like, it's a, it's a school that's in a very pre-planned suburban area. And so there's not a whole lot of crazy college life that you see on the surface. You know, there's stuff that happens, like, we don't talk about, but um, it wasn't a college town per se. And so when you, when I went to Boston University, everything there is college town. You got, like, you know, Harvard, MIT, BU, Boston College. And so everything is catered to that kind of like transitional life stage. And so that was a huge adjustment because I was also um, older than most people in my PT class because um, most of them came straight from undergrad. Um, I was one of the like two or three married folks. Um, but, you know, it's just a huge adjustment moving to the East Coast that kind of like the the that lifestyle, um, the weather, and then the winters. Um, every winter, it seemed like they were saying, okay, this is the worst winter yet. And it just kept getting worse. <laughs> and so I think after a few years, I was like, I can't get worse. I just gotta, I gotta leave. Uh, yeah, I did my uh, undergrad. I mean, not my undergrad. I did PT school in, at MGH in Boston also. And they okay. said the same thing. It'd be like, uh, this is the worst winter we've ever had. This is the most snow we've gotten. I was like, Bro, I'm coming from Alaska. Like, this ain't that bad. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> like, but just the, I was just curious because the, the adjustment period for me was also tough because it's Alaska's a whole different type of flow than, than the East Coast in mm -hmm. Boston. I was like, this is, so I was curious. I saw you were undergrad. I mean, did your PT school at BU? And I was like, going from Cali to BU is probably a tough adjustment. Um, yeah. So then, what were some of the skills that you felt like translated? to uh, helping you be a good PT and uh, ultimately being able to switch out of the field and go into your new ventures? Um, I think one of the few things that really helped um, in as a PT, but also leaving the field was my prior experience not having been PT related at all, right? So my, my academic, uh, my time in academia wasn't always so siloed into like thinking about okay this is the you know a lot of a lot of times you get a lot of students who high school you know maybe they're th this is kind of like the stereotypical track right they're a high school athlete or college athlete got hurt and were like okay if i can't play pro i want to help so they'd go to the pt like the rehab field and so they kind of like siloed into like i'm going to do this and then it's pt and then it's undergrad and then it's a pt school and sometimes maybe it's one of those hybrid programs where it kind of feeds directly into PT school and then it's work and then it's, you know, maybe a residency or fellowship. And then it's just kind of like, you know, this is that. Um, I think what really helped me was prior to any of this PT school stuff, I was working um, not like career type jobs, but just office type jobs um, in a completely unrelated field. I worked in like insurance. Um I studied sociology in undergrad. And so having a different mindset going into my career and being able to talk to different types of people um, were, were really big and really helpful, I think, because, um, you know, as an outpatient ortho, you know, like you get one, you get like a high school athlete, you know, who's probably going to be a D1, uh, you know, a D1 offer. And then 30 minutes later, you've got like, you know, a Medicare patient who's like, you know, whose functional goals are like, return to gardening or walking or whatever. And so being able to kind of converse with different people, relate to different people helped a lot in the PT field, but also then just getting out of PT 
knowing how to talk to people who didn't have the same exact kind of um, experiences as me really helped. When you were thinking of transitioning, do you have any doubts about how that skill set would relate to a different field? Or just did you have any doubts in general about making the switch? I didn't have doubts in my, well, okay, this is going to sound really arrogant, but I'm just going to say anyways. I didn't have any doubts in my own personal skill set or my own personal kind of like um, um, ability to relate and learn and adapt and grow because that's just kind of how I am. Like if there's a skill that I need to learn for a particular task, I'm going to learn it, right? Um, I, I always put the onus on myself to improve. What I was afraid of was how, and this proved to be true many, many times, um, was the perception of my skill set. And so people in, you know, people like to box people up regardless of where you're at, right? And so they're like, okay, you're a PT, great. You have a doctorate, great. But you can only do this one thing. Mostly because like, talk to nine out of 10 people on the street, they have no idea what a PT is, right? I've actually experienced it. And even then, they think that PT is only the type of PT that they experience, but we have like tons of subspecialties. And so the perception was, but you know, my, my fear was that the perception would be, you only know how to do this thing. You don't have these skills. You don't have the ability to, to know these skills. But if you really look at what a PT does, we have to do so many things that are used in the corporate field, right? You're talking about working with um, patient plan of care. That's project management, right? That's goal setting. Um, you're talking about, um, how to schedule and i know you have a you have your own like kind of thing on the side too like how to schedule um clients and patients new evaluations follow-ups in a way that is one going to be conducive to you not burning out but also you being profitable right and so that's like the business and the finance side of things which a lot of people a lot of obviously corporations need especially now right um and then you've you, we've just got so many other skills we've got um so many other skills that can be translated just they're just not translated on paper because we you know as humans we like to look at resumes and pedigree and all this kind of stuff and you know and then going back to even pt school like how many people did you go to pt school with and I, you know you don't, obviously don't say names but that you're like you got really good grades but you but they struggle in the actual field and then you've got people who got you know maybe didn't graduate top of their class but excelled in the actual practice right and so that was my fear and you know it proved to be true many many times like the transition out of pt was long was very um disheartening many times but you know i mean you just gotta push through right it's like a rehab plan just gotta keep pushing through did you feel do you feel like it was hard because of like other like the career you was trying to go into they they thought of pt in one way when they don't really realize this all the other skills you have i think it's hard because they don't think of pt as at all and nobody knew what that was they just saw the fact that okay you have a doctorate but you don't have any of these other like skills that certifications that you know that nowadays you can learn online for a majority of these things but you don't have these things on paper and so we can't you know, justify hiring you for this role, right? I mean, I got um, so many, so many like applications sent out and jobs I applied for that just basically would send you the canned email, like you're uh, underqualified, overqualified because of, you know, you have letters or whatever. Um, 
and so yeah it, it's um sorry if that doesn't really answer your your question but yeah that it's it's just um I think it's it's important for PTs who are trying to think about outside of the box careers, outside of just the clinic walls, to really think of what they do in the clinical sense and how that applies to so many things outside of being a practitioner. I agree. And I think like even if you're not trying to change your career, like still trying to be in the PT field, like there's so much you can do outside of like the one-on-one patient care to leverage your skills to reach more people. It doesn't have to be. Um, leaving the career if you don't want to but I feel like people are just like so stuck on one-on-one care that they don't see how much they can do like with educating people um mm -hmm. like said, project management organization all that stuff is in our day-to-day -day roles it's just not I guess seen in one-on-one -on -one care mm -hmm. um, so it is kind of a, a narrow way to think how did you go about managing those perceptions and not letting the rejections kind of bring you down and stop you from um succeeding um, I think managing those perceptions is really just your own personal thing. You just got to believe that you know what you want and, um, you know, have a vision for your life. You, you know, um, you're going to have doubters regardless, well, even if you stay in the field, right? Like how many people are like, oh, I want to start my own practice. And there's a doubt, there's a, there's someone doubting them. You know, maybe it's even themselves like, oh, you can't do that. You need the backing of like whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Um, but managing managing those perceptions is really just your own personal thing. Right. Like know what you want. Have a vision for your life. Don't be afraid to go get it. Don't don't quit at the first obstacle, second obstacle, even third obstacle. Just keep going after. Keep learning. There's so many ways you can educate yourself and so many ways you can acquire new skills. Um, and then and connecting and networking and, and humbling yourself enough to just reach out to people. Like I reached out to so many people that I don't even actually personally know, like face to face, but just through like other networks. And it was just like, how, can you help me get a foot, foot in the door? Where do you think I should go to learn about this? What do you think people are looking for? You know, this, um, I, I uh, had a phone call like way back when I started this whole process. I had a phone call with um, this guy that I knew back in Boston years ago right we hadn't talked in years um and he was doing he's he's actually teaching courses online about like product management or something like that and so i reached out to him i was like hey you may not even remember me but can i ask you a couple questions of like what are they looking for in this field how can i you know expand on where i'm at right and and um and get sort of recognized and he gave me a lot of inside info like insight um, into into transitioning out and what people are actually looking for in the field. So, you know, I think the big part is like, I don't know what it is about. I mean, this is humans in general, but I think I see this see this a lot in PT and maybe because we're so territorial and like the social media aspect of physical therapy has made us so like competitive and like we have to know everything. We have to have this like facade of like, we know everything, we don't need help. We have all the answers we've read you know, volumes and volumes of research, which is usually a lie. No one really reads, very few people actually read as much as they say. Um, but going out there and just seeking the help and networking, right? Um, but again, managing those perceptions is you. I like that. I like that. Taking ownership of, of your actions and living with the result that comes out of it because you went all in with what you wanted. You were clear of what you wanted. Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to um, like, 
now that you're transitioned out of the field and still got a new career, you still got things, you got a family, you got your lifts. How do you manage it all and make sure that you still are fulfilling all the other priorities in your life? Um, well, I think the first thing is you just got to like know what is, you know, it's, let's go back to like PT, right? What are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? And how do you set goals? What are your smart goals? Right. Um, what's realistic in the near term? What's realistic in the long term? And what's, how are you objectively measuring that, that uh, those achievements, right? Saying I want to get stronger is not a goal. That's an idea. Right. But I want to be able to do this, this, and this in this amount of time frame. That's a goal. So that's start that's kind of where I started was being realistic with myself. I'm not gonna I, you know, I stopped training to compete. I don't coach really anymore. Um, you know, actually the only thing I do coach now, and we just wrapped up yesterday is my six-year-old soccer team. Um, so I, I coach that. Um it's a lot different than coaching like competitive weightlifters. Um but, you know, just kind of having an honest kind of like self-inventory of where you're at and then finding a support system, right? And it can look differently for different people. For me, like I'm blessed. My my uh, wife is 100% supportive of my goals and in, in my career transition. And she was like, go get it. Go do what you need to do. Go be who you want to be. Go be happy, you know, find fulfillment. Um and I and knowing I think for me knowing that there's people that that there's the small you know handful of people that whose opinions matter to me like have that I have their support. Um, it's also kind of puts it on me that like I can't fumble that, you know what I mean? Like they're sacrificing their time and energy and space for me to do what I need to do and want to do, and so I have to take that seriously. I can't just kind of like goof around, right? Um, and so that really comes down to, again, like when you ask about how do you prioritize and shift things around, it's really you, like be honest with yourself, you know, what do you want to do? Who's going to help you do it and block everything else out? Have you always had this mindset or is this something you had to learn and grow into? Um, no, I didn't have this mindset at all growing up. I was total, <laughs> like <laughs> you asked my um, my wife, what I was like in undergrad, I mean, like, <laughs> it's complete opposite. Um, and in PT school, I was getting, I was getting serious, but you can even ask some of the, some of my close friends that I went to PT school with, um, you know, I was, I was getting by, you know, <laughs> um, and, and a lot of, I think what made me take this, honestly, um, what made me kind of shift my mindset was when my um, oldest was born. And immediately, like, just so this kind of mindset is very much adopted from my dad, and um, which I didn't really understand that mindset when I was growing up. <clears throat> but when my oldest was born, it was almost like I immediately kind of like um, went into his mind, my, my dad's mind, and just adopted, like, and finally understood everything of what he was working towards and trying to build as I was growing up. And, um, everything just kind of like shifted. Being a parent will change you in many ways. I hear that a lot. I don't have any kids yet, so <laughs> I will want to experience that. I have one question though, in regards, since you mentioned kids, like what would you say after this experience, like switching careers, what would you say to your, like your kids 
as they get to that age where they're starting to think about what they want to do for their life? Um, you know, I would say to them, be everything that you want to be. Um, but also make sure that you can feed yourself. So I believe in chasing your passions. Um, I believe in, in, you know, um, doing what you, what, what makes you, what brings you joy. Right. But I also believe that you have a responsibility to learn to take care of yourself. Now it looks differently for everybody. Right. Like it's different. Like when I say feed yourself, that's different for everybody. And I'm not going to judge somebody for this is, you know, what, what it, it means for them to be fulfilled and content. Right. And so that means that's on, on all levels. But um, I think we, I think it's important to have that balance because there's going to come a time when my sons have to then take care of others. Right. And if everything that they've been about is just like, uh, this makes me happy, but I can't take care of myself, then they're going to have to take care of other people. Right. And I wish I had adopted this kind of thinking way sooner. Right. I had friends in college who were like honest mindset, like from like, like right out of high school. And I was always like, why do you take life so seriously? But man, they're, they're doing okay today. <laughs> and so I wish, you know, I had adopted this sooner and I didn't spend so much time just kind of like floundering around. But at the same time, if I hadn't gone through that, those, I haven't, if I hadn't gone through those experiences before, I probably wouldn't have arrived at where I am now and feel so passionately about it uh, for myself and for other people. So yeah, I would say those two things to my kids. Yeah, I think the, the self-awareness aspect of it is just understanding that it's a journey and that it's up to you to take the, the lesson that you've learned and try and implement them to change them in the in the future. I think that's, that's and not just staying doing the same thing just because that's what's been done in the past, but being able to think about, okay, this is what I did when I was younger. I don't want this to happen for my kids. So this is how I'm going to change it moving forward. And I'm going to be about that change and not just tell them to to change because I told them to change, but actually exemplify what I want them to represent and what I want them to be about. So I really, I really like that. Um, yeah. My last question, my last question for you, if you could leave our listeners with one to two takeaways that you want them to leave uh, this episode with, what would you say? I would say the first thing is don't box yourself in. You're not your title. You're not your school. You're not your degree. You're not however many letters and OCSs and SCSs and however many CSs and whatever you put after your name. That's not who you are. That's You're not your salary. Um, you're not the hospital you work for. Don't box yourself in. And the second thing is um, be honest with yourself. You know, I've talked to a lot of people since, um, you know, more and more people have kind of like, and it's not like I know a ton of people, not like, you know, social media famous or anything. Um, but I've talked to a few people who have kind of caught word of me kind of leaving the field. And surprisingly, there's a lot of PTs out there who want to leave. They just want to say it. Um, I think it, and it's a big, big, it's, it's scary. Right. Um, and a lot of them have asked like, okay, okay so I want to transition out. Um, how do I do that? And I'm like, okay, so what do you want to transition into? Like, I don't know. And how do you plan to get that? I don't know. And what do you plan to study now that you're not, now that you have a new goal? I don't know. Well, I mean, my question to them is like, are you being honest with yourself? Like, do you want an escape? Do you just want to leave? Or do you actually have a destination you want to get to? Right. 
Um, I think that's important because if you just want to leave, you're never going to be happy because you're just always going to be trying to find an escape of something, right? But where is your destination? Be honest with yourself. Mm. Okay, I wish the uh, like the uh, applause button or something like just the the like after effect. That was fire. That was fire. But Neville, where can people find you if they have questions or want to reach out to you? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think yeah, my Instagram is Neville. Hold on. I don't even remember. Honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, my Instagram is neville.chu.dpt. And then my um, Twitter is neville.chu.dpt. So pretty simple. I don't even know why I can't remember that, but it's pretty simple. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the pod. Uh, it was a pleasure. We had a, um, I had a recommendation to ask you to be on the pod and I'm glad that we were able to reach out and make this happen. So thanks again for, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the KMANG audio experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.